There's a new JK collection release for Breeders' Cup 2022. It's the Winchell Epicenter Gold Label. Epicenter NFT owners have special access to the limited edition JK button-up Winchell Gold Label shirt at openstable.io. Buy the shirt with the digital collectible, and you'll also receive an autographed Epicenter Platinum card signed by the wildly successful Ron Winchell, today's guest on the show. Spoiler alert. The Gold Label shirt is only available at openstable.io and while supplies last. If you're an Epicenter fan and you just want to wear the Winchell shirt for the Breeders' Cup without the Gold Label, go to Old Smoke and look for it there, oldsmokeclothing.com. Welcome to a special show for the In The Money Players podcast. This is one of our Breeders' Cup daily shows, our show for Wednesday, October 26th. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornatal, back with you live from Keeneland Racecourse, where fall has fell. It's a, it's a chilly day, but beautiful in its own way, and the vibes are very positive with the Breeders' Cup now, just within uh, a few days, really, from taking place at this uh, at this beautiful oval. And we've got a special guest who's been on our airwaves before, but really looking forward to speaking with him again about his current horses who are appointed for the Breeders' Cup and other industry matters as well. Welcome to the In The Money Airwaves, or welcome back, I should say, Ron Winchell. Ron, how are things? Things are great. Thank you for having me. You had a big weekend right here at Keeneland last weekend, and I think I'll, I'll start there with the performances of these two horses. I'll just put it this way, both of whom put in Breeders' Cup-worthy performances. Let's, let's, start with, uh, let's, let's start with Wicked Halo and what she was able to, to accomplish. What did you think of that effort, and have you given thought to running her back, serious thought to running her back in the Breeders' Cup? Well, and I'll just say this for uh, Wicked Halo and, and Gunite that both ran last Saturdays. You know, the kind of the original intent was, well, let's run them. And depending on how they run, because Keeneland can be a little funny sometimes, some, some horses take to it, some don't. That would be a deciding factor in wheeling back. It's a little quick, obviously, with, you know, a couple weeks off time. But, uh, you know, depending on how they ran, we thought we, we'd wheel back in the the Breeders' Cup, and so that's exactly what we're doing with both of them. Wicked Halo, um, you know, she just made it look easy. Well, they actually they both made it look easy, but, you know, I think, I think, uh, you know, she kind of, uh, I think both Gunite and Wicked Halo kind of uh, are a little bit of victims of who, who, they're, who they're next to in the barn. And when, I say, <laughs> when I say that, I mean, you know, Echo Zulu and Epicenter. Uh, you know, if, if this was, uh, you know, next year's crop, they'd be, you know, our superstars. So, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of, uh, they fall next to them. And uh, Wicko and Halo's won, I think, five stake races. And I think Gunite's won the same. I mean, anytime you have that in your barn, you're pretty happy with it. And so. It's uh, amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, what, a, what an embarrassment of, of, of riches, really. And I mean, clearly by what you just said, you've answered the next question on my list, which was how did they both come out of the race? It sounds like they're both doing very, very well. You know, they both came out great. It was kind of funny because, uh, you know, Gun Gunite ran first and he had a great trip and kind of a, you know, a little bit of a stocking right off the pace and, and then, you know, took over in the stretch and just opened up. And, you know, you could basically switch horses to Wicked Halo and it was exactly how she ran her race. And so it was a little bit funny. It was, it was almost like an instant replay with swapping <laughs> horses. But uh, they both came out of it great and, you know, they've both been pre-entered. 
Fantastic. Fantastic. We'll keep a close eye on them this week. I think they both go with chances, even before the last race. Gunite was a horse I'd uh, touted on these airwaves as one I was really looking forward to see run next and, and was hoping we'd see something along the lines of what we did. And, and you're right, they were carbon copies. And, and one of the things that unites the efforts to me is uh, ease of victory, where it both looked like they each had something more in the locker that maybe they'll be able to deliver in, in, in two weeks' time. So, yeah, very excited to see how they got on. And, and as you point out, they've got some other serious interest in, in the Breeders' Cup. And let's just pivot right there. I mean, Echo Zulu, when you look at this past performance cut, you see a filly who's just done absolutely nothing wrong, the only loss being an absolutely huge run that I think real people who really understand the game and, and whether they're horse players or horsemen understand how, um, how how big of a race that one was. And other than that, the, the, the record is without blemish. How excited are you about her? How has her progression gone since last seen on the race course? Uh, I mean, look, super excited about her. Always have been, period, right? You know, anytime you have a horse that did what she did at two and then kind of wheel back and we feel like, you know, she's the same horse, you know, this year, although she hasn't had many starts, some of that, you know, just like happens, happenstance, if you will. <clears throat> but for a horse to that, I think, you know, seven starts and six wins and made almost $2 million. <clears throat> she's clearly the superstar uh, when it comes to the, you know, the Philly division for us. Um, unfortunately, like I said earlier, she's got, you know, Wicked Halo and her in the same kind of category. <laughs> so they have to run against each other. But yeah, Echo Zulu is obviously the, you know, kind of the, the one that's like, a, you have one, one the horse is special and one that's extremely special. She's that extremely special version of a horse. And so super excited to kind of get her back. And, you know, I think uh, you looked at, if you saw her work last, uh, you know, on, on the Sunday, you know, she had a little extra in the work just to, cause she hasn't run as much. And, you know, we couldn't have been happier with the way she worked. I, you know, I was there and, you know, she just makes everything look so easy. Indeed, she does. One of the things that I think has marked her as a as a workhorse along the way, and you know, one of the real stars on display. Speaking of which, we got to talk about uh, we got to talk about the horse that I still uh, firmly believe was best in, uh, in in both the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness, and he's taken a step forward throughout his three year old year as he's gotten more mature. What's the latest from from our man Epicenter? I mean, look, the latest from him is all good. I mean, I think, you know, when you look at Echo Zoo and, and, and Epicenter, how they worked on uh, Sunday and how they came out of it, it, you know, it, you know, we couldn't be happier, honestly. <laughs> you know, I, I can't uh, express enough positive words to reflect Epicenter. I mean, the only negative to Epicenter is that, you know, he has to run against a horse that everybody thinks is, uh, you know, the greatest thing in the last 20 years. And so, yeah, so, yeah, but, I'll, but I'll tell you what, I'll take, I'll take a shot at that anytime when you, you're in a situation where you're doing well, you have a horse that's uh, undefeated that everybody thinks is, you know, the greatest thing since, I guess, you, know, you could probably say Secretariat. And, yeah, if you were to pull it off, you're basically looking at horse of the year kind of situation. So it's it's a good position for him to be in. He can't be doing better. And, you know, the future for him looks great. We'll run him next year. And, uh, you know, I couldn't be more excited about him. And, and I always compare him to a little bit of gun runner because, you know, he, he had kind of a similar path and, you know, at this stage in his career, he's a little, he's a little bit better than gun runner, but you know, gun runner got better and better. And, you know, I think we hope that that'll happen 
with Epicenter, although he's doing great right now. I don't know how much better he can get. <laughs> it's true. You're running off the off the charts uh, compared yeah. to what he's done already late in his three-year-old year. But I agree. He has that kind of progression where it's absolutely possible that he could just continue to continue to get better given the, the, the hands he's in and the way he's looked on the racetrack. You mentioned the freak. You mentioned Flightline, a horse that you are, uh, I guess you could say, indirectly connected to given his uh given his sire how do you feel about uh you know you, you never are supposed to be afraid of one horse but i mean do you feel sort of a vicarious pride in what a horse like Flightline has accomplished because uh, of your being one of the owners of tappet and, and the superstar sire that he's been well um, of course you know i think he he was kind of the the tappet that you always dreamed about having right when you when you have a sire like tappet or you know even gunrunner you know, you're always looking for the best, the best offspring, and you want to be the one that kind of races it and be part of that legacy. And so, you know, it's great that he's a tappet. I mean, you know, I wish I was part of him, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. But that's all right. But he, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just glad he's by tappet, and especially where he is in his career and age. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, kind of speculate as they kind of get forgotten some of these sires as they get older, and for him to come up with this, you know, his best addition i guess if you will or his best offspring at this stage in his life is you know that's nothing short of phenomenal it's been a wild run for him as a sire but speaking of superstar sires gun runner doing things that i think it's safe to say we've never seen before i haven't been around the game that long but when you look at the list of stakes races that he's won his first crop now just being three it's as long as your arm and uh looking to continue to add to that did you have any idea you could be honest you know, no, any idea that Gunrunner was going to be this kind of sire? Listen, I mean, you know, we we felt like he was an elite potential, um, you know, pretty much all along. We thought he was in a very good position to be be an elite sire, but you couldn't have you couldn't have scripted it or dreamt it the way it's gone. I mean, you know, the way he's stamping his offspring and and you know, physically, mentally durable, you know, the whole the whole thing that when you look at a sire, you, you know, usually you get a couple of those items, you don't get them all. Right, they either you, know, you look at tappets, they, they kind of had a you know a little bit of a strong mind, and you, you kind of had to make sure you didn't fight against the, their own mind. Um, you know, Gunrunner doesn't have that; they're pretty sound. They'll just pretty much do anything uh, when it comes to a mental capacity. And then you know, physically, you want them to be one way, and, and you know, he just has all the components, and he put it all together. And, and so I, I think it's it's actually beyond you know where we anticipated you could possibly be. I mean, if I would have told you you know, a year and a half ago that, you know, Gunrunner would have the amount of stake horses and the, you know, horses that win back-to-back stake races at, you know, Saratoga and Keeneland, and you, you would have laughed at me. You <laughs> <laughs> said, that'll never happen. It can't, can't happen. But, you know, it's happened. So, you know, we're really looking forward to seeing what the next page is, you know, because he's only got, you know, you know, the three-year-old crop and, you know, now a two-year-old crop on the ground. So, you know, what's to come, you know, when you have, you know, all ages out there? It's, it's going to be very interesting. Indeed, it is a story that everybody in the horse racing industry is following and, and uh, great to get your perspective on it. I have a few more questions for you. If you've got a couple more yeah. minutes for me, and I'd love to drill down into the Breeders' Cup specifically, an event where you've had plenty of success in the past. Do you have one memory of the Breeders' Cup and it stands above the rest for you? Well, I mean, that's a good question. I think, you know, Untappable was kind of a very very good uh, catalyst of where I was at that time. And so that's kind of a special moment. Uh, and then you got, you know, Gunrunner being the classic. Yeah. You know, it's just, 
you know, the classic's a race that, uh, you know, it's like the Derby. It's very hard to win. <laughs> so, you know, and then, and then with Gunrunner and the history, the history of where we're at today with Gunrunner and, you know, kind of all came from, from kind of pulling off the classic and, and, you know, the rest is, you kind of say the rest is history, but that was a really special moment, you know, for, for that to happen and, and where he was at and, and for him to kind of stamp himself as horse of the year. That was, that was a big deal. No doubt about it. Any specific um, extra excitement for you with the Breeders' Cup being at, at Keeneland this year and having this level of participation in, in front of the whole industry? Well, look, I'm always a little apprehensive. I, I don't. I feel like I don't have the best record at Keeneland, but a lot of that, you know, I mentioned that to Steve Asmussen, and he goes, yeah, because we haven't brought the right horses here. And so, um, you know, that was all, it's always in the back of my mind. Of course, we kind of, you know, blew that one out of the water last weekend with two successful victories in stake races. But, you know, it's, it's some, always something special at Keeneland. I mean, it, it really is. And I think, you know, bringing the right horses to Keeneland and, and getting them in the right situation, I think is very important. I, you know, I think we feel pretty, pretty excited about that. I think uh, when you look at the four individuals we're running, you know, obviously Epicenter and, and Echo Zulu kind of top the, the list there, but the Gunite's going to be in the dirt mile is where we're heading with him. And I find that to be really interesting because he just doesn't give up and he's never really, we've never stamped him as a sprinter. He just kind of fell into that role because of where he was at in our stable. And uh, to, to see him kind of extend out a little further, I think it's gonna be really interesting. You mentioned Steve Asmussen. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the job that he and his team have done. As you mentioned, if there was any Asmussen uh, Winchell hoodoo around Keeneland, I think it's been long dispelled after last weekend. But I mean, he just seems like uh, such a talented and interesting guy to work with. I wanted to hear your perspective. Well, yeah, you know, I've been working with him so long, and I think w one thing that makes kind of makes our success is that we have the same team and the same team consistently year over year, and. and you know, we all learn from our mistakes and, and try to build on that. And I think, you know, Steve, you know, Steve is a much better trainer today than when, you know, let's go back 10 years or 12 years or, you know, how many every years you want to go back, you know, and I feel like, you know, he's just really kind of learned and, and developed his, his own skill sets. And I think you could say that for our whole team, you know, everybody involved is kind of like, because you work together as a team, you know, you kind of learn things and, you know, you know, all the way up from when we purchased horses with, you know, Dave Lambert and, and, you know, he's gotten better and, and everybody along the way has just gotten better. And Steve is no, is, is exceptional to that point. He is a better trainer today than he was, you know, 12 years ago. How would you say that's manifested itself? Just you're talking about the, the results on the track or, or do you think he's actually gotten, you know, just better at the job? Through experience? Well, I, I think, you know, you know, we all, we all learn from things that have happened in the past, right. And, you know, in the past, of course, we raced a lot of horses, maybe at two that we should have started later. You look at Gunrunner, he started later. You look at uh, Epicenter, and he started later. And by the time he got to the Derby, he was he was in a you know great position, you know, physically and mentally for a top performance. And you know, we've learned from that. And you look at uh, you know my two-year-old uh, Extra Anejo, you know, that's a horse that's been ready to run since March, but we put him on ice, thinking, you know, we don't want to win the Breeders' Cup, we want to win the, the Kentucky Derby, and so you know, kind of a focus like that, that's, you know, you learn from your experiences of what worked and hasn't worked in the past. And that all culminates into what makes, you know, makes someone a better, you know, trainer, owner, whoever you want to put in that spot. It's just, it's just what it is. 
What is the plan for Extra and Yeho as of now? That was such an impressive debut. Right. I think I think you can kind of you can look at Epicenter's you know race record and kind of you can probably outline where where he's going to go. Yeah, we're we're mimicking success is what we like to do. It only makes sense, not just in, in the horse business, but in any business, right? That's a, that, that's a time-honored tradition. I wanted to ask you a Kentucky Downs question because I had the great pleasure of going for the first time in September. It was really um, not exactly pleasantly surprised because I knew it was going to be cool, but the, the level of um, excitement among the people there, the, the, the place that that meet has in the, in the industry, you're obviously fairly new to the operation. Have you been pleased with the way things are going at, at Kentucky Downs? And you have any predictions for what's going to happen in the future? Uh, you know, I think we're beyond pleased with what's, what we've kind of developed there. I mean, that was kind of the intent all along is to make it bigger and better every year. And, you know, I love I loved the feedback from people that, you know, they just love that it's a different kind of a feel, a different kind of a meet. And, um, you know, smaller, more boutique, well, you can call it European flair, but you know, we just kind of, we just want to make it a little better every year. We want to make the experience better. We want to make the, the facility a little better. And, and, you know, so far, I think we've done a pretty good job executing that. And, you know, now we'll see where we'll go from here. And, you know, we can't get too many more race dates because we, we have to run on the, you know, the same surface. So you can only run so much on the grass. Um, so we just want to make it bigger and better every year. I mean, that's, that's the goal. You're certainly on that exact right kind of trajectory. So my last question, unscheduled to ask you, is about this uh, this amazing shirt that I read the ad for at the beginning of the the beginning of the show. The, the the Winchell shirt for the JK collection, which is the shirt for this year's Breeders' Cup. I'm looking forward to, to sporting mine. Will, will you be rocking it? Is that is that your style of shirt, or or, or you know, will you choose some other lucky attire? Well, it depends where I'm at. <laughs> if I'm at the beach, I might wear it. <laughs> I won't be wearing it at Keeneland, so <laughs> they might not they might not let you in the clubhouse. I'm afraid they you know they're they're formal like that. But uh, it is a great design, and you know, obviously, the mark that you've been able to to make on the game. It's a fun way to celebrate it and definitely a fun way to celebrate all these live chances you have at this year's Breeders' Cup. Ron, I really appreciate you taking time out and chatting with us today, and we wish you Godspeed at the Breeders' Cup and beyond. All right. Well, appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thank Ron Winchell one more time. We'll thank everybody out there for listening, especially our friends at the Breeders' Cup. This show's been a production of In the Money Media. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your photos. <laughs>